We asked you to submit your HR questions for an opportunity to have them answered on our podcast. We really appreciate your input and engagement with HRpreneur, a podcast by EDP. This is Jim Duffy. Today's episode is sponsored by Google Ads by Epnetic, now run, powered by EDP clients, have access to Google Ad Management and Optimization Services by Epnetic included with their run subscription. Today we'll answer some of the questions we've received related to benefits and leave, wage and hour laws, and more with Merrill Gutterman. Merrill works as Senior Counsel here at ADP. Merrill, great to see you. Thanks again for joining us. Hi, Jim. Thanks so much for having me today. So, Merrill, for our first question, an employer asks, do I have to pay out unused sick time when terminating an employee? So most sick leave laws don't require employers to pay employees for any accrued unused sick leave at the time of separation. But if you bundle all of your leave together for your company in one policy, so if you have a paid time off policy that includes your sick leave and your vacation leave together, then you may be having to pay out leave at the time of separation. So you want to make sure you're checking with your state law. So, Merrill, the same employer asks, can I adopt a use-it-or-lose-it vacation policy? Uh, Well, that answer is going to depend on the law that applies to your business as well. So there are some states that explicitly prohibit policies that force employees to forfeit accrued unused vacation. Um, They're known as use-it-or-lose-it policies. And in these states, you would have to allow your employees to carry over vacation, and then you would have to pay out any accrued but unused vacation at the time of separation. But if that's the case, your state may allow you to place a reasonable cap on accruals when your employees would be required to use some of their time before they could earn any additional time. And then there are some states that will allow you to have a use it or lose it policy, but only if you have a written policy that explicitly states that you're not going to carry over accrued unused vacation to the following year. And then there's a third bucket of states that say, absent a policy that says otherwise, you're not obligated to carry over accrued unused vacation to the following year. So again, it's, it's really important to make sure that your vacation policy is complying with the law that applies to your business. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears here. Uh, another employer asked the question, do I have to pay salaried employees overtime? Um, I think we first need to clarify what that employer means by a salaried employee. Um, We usually assume that when someone says a salaried employee that they're referring to exempt employees who are not subject to or who are exempt from FLSA requirements that they be paid minimum wage and overtime because they met certain salary and duties tests. But if you're talking about non-exempt employees, these employees are typically paid hourly, and under the FLSA, they have to be paid at least the minimum wage for each hour worked and overtime whenever they work more than 40 hours in a work week under federal law. But there are non-exempt employees that are also paid on a salary basis sometimes, and that's okay as long as they're paid at least the minimum wage for all hours worked and overtime when it's due. So back to the original question, if the employer here was referring to a salaried, non-exempt employee, then the answer is yes. Those employees would need to be paid overtime whenever they work more than 40 hours in a work week under federal law. And then also keep in mind that states may have their own overtime requirements as well that you would need to pay attention to. Okay, great. Uh, Another employer sent in this question. How should we handle last-minute time-off requests? 
I think it's important to first make sure you have a clear time off, you know, vacation policy and that you've communicated that policy to your employees. Um, and in that policy, you've added requirements to help discourage any last-minute requests. So you want to make sure you're establishing how your employees should request time off and how much advance notice they need to be giving you. Um, some employers require at least a week's notice for time off for a few days um, and more notice for a longer period of time. Um, some employers establish early deadlines for summer vacation requests. And then you also want to make clear to your employees that you may restrict vacation times based on scheduling needs, um, and also be clear with them how you're going to grant vacation requests, whether it's going to be based on seniority or first-come, 1st first serve basis, or maybe a combination of both. But whatever strategy you choose, you want to make sure that you're holding your supervisors accountable to making sure that you have adequate staffing levels and that you're enforcing your policy consistently. Um, all that said, you, you have to keep in mind that there could be extenuating circumstances, like if there are a serious accident or emergency or illness that prevented your employees from giving the required notice. Um, and that's particularly important to pay attention to when the absence might be protected under a law where the employee may not be required to provide advance notice. So in those situations, you just want to encourage your employees to provide as much notice as practical and not penalize them for taking the protected time that they're due. That's great advice there. So, Meryl, our next question uh, relates to rest breaks. An employer asks, um, employees have been returning late from breaks. Can this time be unpaid? So, under the FLSA, rest breaks lasting 20 minutes or less have to be paid even if the employee takes a longer unauthorized break, but you can exclude that unauthorized time as long as you expressly and clearly advise your employees in writing that breaks can only last for a specific duration and that unauthorized extension is in violation of your company policy and you're going to penalize employees who violate your company policy. Um, but you want to make really clear in your policy that you're addressing these requirements if you're going to exclude unauthorized extensions of rest breaks from hours worked. Um, and also, again, keep in mind that there are a number of states that have their own rules concerning rest breaks, so you want to keep on top of those and make sure you're complying with them as well. All right. So for our last question, are employers required to pay employees for time spent in jury duty? Well, there are some states that require employers to pay employees for time spent serving as a juror. Um, a number of those states that impose that pay requirement may allow the employer to pay the difference between the payments that they received for serving as a juror and the employee's regular wages. So, again, go back to your state law and just make sure you're complying with what it says. So, Meryl, thank you. This is all great advice. We really appreciate it. And also, a big thanks to our listeners for submitting all the questions that you did. And also, thanks for joining us today for today's episode. So, thanks again. Take care and be well. 